Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On a mission to change the way consumers purchase glasses, GlassesUSA.com was created on one simple belief. Eyewear shouldn't break the bank. It's the smart way to buy glasses. GlassesUSA.com allows consumers to purchase eyewear from the convenience of their own home and offers a wide variety of high-quality frames and lenses at affordable prices and with no risk. And these aren't generic frames. These are brands like Ray-Ban, Oakley, Tom Ford, and Calvin Klein. So head on over to GlassesUSA.com, use promo code ALMIGHTY, that's promo code A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y, and get 55% off any pair of glasses at checkout. Again, GlassesUSA.com, promo code ALMIGHTY. Welcome to the Spurs cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast. Congratulations, you have arrived at episode 446 of the Spurs cast, the original San Antonio Spurs radio show. Woohoo! Yeah, thanks, Jose. Uh, brought to you, of course, by ProjectSpurs.com. I'm your host, Ryan McCallum, and that, uh, that shout of exuberance uh, is Jose Grijalva back again. He, he joins us after coaching a traveling summer league team, if I've got that right. You coach a little kid's team. It's not summer yet. What are you doing touch, uh, with a summer league? Wait, what? Did I combine like I, five I, things together there? Uh, I heard touching. None of that, sir. None of that. <laughs> yeah, you're a future political leader. But so, so what are you doing again? So you're on the road. We haven't recorded in some time, and uh, which I, this feels weird because I say record, I say podcast. It's not a podcast anymore. It's a radio show slash podcast. What, what, do, what do I talk? What, how do I call this thing? What should I do, Jose? You're my I leader. don't know. Well, I would tell you, but then I'd have to host the show. Oh, my God. I'm praying for the day that you host one of these shows. I, I can, can you guarantee ma- you that's the most wild-ass episode that we would ever have. Can You, you know, one day you're not here, I'm going to record me and Bornstein. I Just hope wait you do. for it. I hope you do. Well, I'll tell you, you know, Project Spurs has been pretty active uh, you know, even on the podcast, I don't know if it's a podcast scene or what, but the, the audio from the video cast that Paul Garcia does, that stuff is epic. If you're not listening to that, check, I mean, you, you should get it if you're subscribing to the, to the Spurs cast, you obviously get that download as well. Um, but you know, go to projectspurs.com and you can see all of Paul Garcia's breakdowns after every game. You well, not Paul Garcia breaking down. That's a whole different, you know, that's, Break on, it down. that's on his, uh, his uh. Facebook live. But uh, you could see you could see the video cast, the the breakdown of the, each individual game uh, after after each Spurs game. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Way to participate, Jose. So you've been playing basketball. You've been coaching kids playing basketball. What's what's the story been for the past couple of weeks? Because we haven't recorded. We've kind of let this second round unfold a little bit. So I like the fact that there's been you know, four games in between when we started and now. Well, that's all on you, isn't it? Anyways, 
no, it's just, uh, you know, I, I was doing the Winter League, and then that ended, and then uh, a bunch of kids, uh, not kids, but, well, yeah, students, you know, they, they wanted to do something during the summer. Uh, the high school at that time had nothing for them, so they asked uh three uh, we're their friends you know we've we've known them for years so uh they asked us to you know just set up a traveling team and um it's just there well that's, that's... i mean it, it's it's not i'll put it this way they're great kids it's just not a team that i would have uh sort of picked you know but uh we're trying to make it work you know so you're putting in those extra hours over there you're taking away from our listeners and you're you're giving that uh that over to those kids amazing yeah amazing. And, and by not a pit, not not a team that I would have picked. I don't, I don't mean that. It's just that you know. Yeah, I'm, you I'm basically are selling those kids out. Are you <laughs> it, saying it, that they? I, suck? I'm very picky with my teams. You know, I like to draft my teams. I like to put my personality into it. I. Um, and these are children. Remember, these are children. Yeah. Speaking of that, did you see uh, Tyrone Lue find? Uh, who did he find? Was it J.R. Smith? Because he fell for a pump fake, one of Demar Derozan's pump fakes. I wish the league would let me do that. Find the kids, because I tell them, don't jump at the pump fake. They do it anyways, more than once. They should let me find them. At least a Klondike bar. They, they got to owe me a Klondike. I, I just, bro, I just killed <laughs> three packs: a Reese's one, an Oreo one, and a double fudge Klondike bar. Uh, six, twelve, eight, like eighteen. Eight, I 18. love the the Klondike bar slash candy bar that they put those two things together. I love that the the original Klondike, not that great because that little that little chocolate coating that just breaks right off, and then you're holding a piece of ice cream, right? The one with the candy bar mixed is is the best. I always thought Klondike bars were like um, like the bread, like the little bread. You know, but but it's not like that. Huh? That's why the I never bread. ate them until this <laughs> ice cream and bread. <laughs> well, like like the WWE ice cream bars. You know, tell me you've had those. I have not, but I, I do oh want to. I do want to talk to you about wrestling at the start of the show. I know these these people are here to listen to Spurs, but uh, Spurs talk. But damn it, we're going to talk a little wrestling. Are you are you watching Lucha Underground yet? Uh, no, it's too well. No. Uh, Trump's president, so I try to stay low key on that. On on the Lucha Underground or yeah. the pirating cable, or both. No, it it. Oh, I thought it was on Netflix, right? Like the well, first few seasons. Maybe they put it out there now, um, but it's on El Rey Network, which is just great. Um, so if you're actually paying for TV, you know, if you're an upstanding citizen like myself, you're paying for TV so that guys like you can pirate it. Um, but I guess you could go to Netflix and see the first couple of, of seasons of it. I know it's like uh, it's very TV based, right? It is. It is. There's a story. It's like Robert Rodriguez, who directed. Do you, I mean, do you know that guy, Robert Rodriguez, directed? Uh, Why? Because he's Mexican. Is, am I supposed to know all <laughs> yeah, the Mexican? Do you know sir? him personally? No, he's this. Uh, he's a director from Austin, and he does. Um, he did like From Dust Till Dawn, and just I mean a lot of other movies too. But the, that's probably the most notable one. But he's a producer on this show, and so it, it definitely has like a story running through it even more so than like WWE. It's great. And Rey Mysterio's fighting there. Uh, Chavo Guerrero's fighting there. So watch out. Wasn't uh, Johnny Nitro, uh, wasn't John Morrison? Johnny Mundo, that's yeah, what they call him, he, right? Yeah, he's, he's there too, but I don't know, I don't know what his name is. Is it Johnny Mundo is his name? I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So anyway, that's a free plug. Friends of the pod. El Rey Network and Lucha Underground. Well, the, the King Network, if you will. The King Network. Yes. Um, thank you for translating. The, the folks in San Antonio will have no idea what that what that is, if, unless you okay. broke it down for them. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, a guy who got into a little bit of wrestling himself and and uh, got injured, Tony Parker. And I know this is sort of old news, but I'm bringing it up now because we have new news of a of a season ending Rockets injury. It's not necessarily the same thing, but I'm talking about Nene. Obviously, they play different different roles on their teams and and have you know differing importance. Uh, Nene is out with. They're calling it a, a season-ending thigh injury. Uh, it, it's more of a groin pull than anything else. And of course, you know Tony ruptured the tendon that's holding his quad to his knee, which just sounds totally gross. But you know, talk through a little bit of of the Tony Parker industry eh, industry injury. And, uh, it, you know, what you see unfolding in this series because of it. And then, you know, talk a little bit about the Nene injury, if you care. 
Uh, well, the Nene injury, I'll start with that one because uh, we'll save the important one for last, right? That, that's what the fans want here. Uh, I, I think it, it will give them a lot of trouble because now they're going to be relying on Ryan uh, Anderson a lot of the time. Or uh, what's the other guy's name? The center? The shot blocking center? Uh, Clint Capella. Yeah, Capella. They're gonna, I mean, there's really no depth with that. So uh, Nene was the guy who would push them around a little, punish them. Uh, the bigs and you know anybody driving in, so that's going to be a huge loss. There might be uh, you know a easier path to the basket without him. Uh, the Tony Parker one, I know I'm going to seem like a heel here, you know, wrestling talk, right? Like a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I in this series, I don't think Tony Parker was going to bring a lot. It, it's just too quick of a series. Uh, it's too uh, you know he who, who's he going to guard? Is he really going to guard? Uh, Beverly, or is he going to guard James Harden? They're having switches like crazy, so I don't mm-hmm. think that would have mattered anyways. Uh, I think in the long run, you know, I'll say it this way. I The the percentage in my mind of San Antonio beating Golden State in the next round with Tony Parker was kind of slim. Mm-hmm. I, I was hoping it would happen, but I think it's kind of slim. Now it's kind of like uh, they're, it's accelerating the youth movement because, I mean, Parker's going to be gone for how, how long does that last? Like a year, right? Yeah, they're saying you know eight months. I've seen, but I mean you're you're into the next year for sure. You're right. I mean it's this is uh th- this is could be the moment that turns the tide, right? And and goes full on youth mode. Yeah, because he's thirty five, thirty six, and then I mean another another year he's gonna miss the season, and then he has to get his conditioning back. He's not gonna have that little quickness anymore, the little that he had uh, from his uh, prime from his youth. So. Uh, I, I think it's really going to accelerate the youth movement. We're going to see what my boy DeJounte Murray has. Remember that name, man. He's going to be like Jamal Crawford. You know, the, it, yeah. it's going to be the Spurs version of Jamal Crawford. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, it's, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, just, just to accelerating that youth movement. You know, Parker's going to have to make a decision on his future. Uh, you know, if he decides that, you know, the, the time is up, especially with Manu, sort of close the chapter on that big three. Uh, with with Timmy gone at the same time, so uh, that might give the Spurs a little bit more cap relief. You know, maybe sign somebody, uh, trade a few pieces, try to you know really uh, have a makeover with the team. Because let's be realistic, if they keep the same team they have this season for next season, they're really not helping Kawhi out. You might as well go mm-hmm. with a bunch of young guys if this is how the Spurs are going to play. If they're not going to have the veterans step up uh, during crunch time. So I think it's not necessarily a bad thing. At the same time, I have to repeat this because I got called a hater, and I got I you know I do not wish ill will on Tony Parker. I I you know you don't wish that somebody gets hurt like that. You know, especially for, in what they do for a living. But again, in the long term, I think it's going to be a better situation for San Antonio. And and right now, just if you don't mind, tell us what your Twitter handle is. I forgot. At JRG1023, fill this Why? guy's inbox up with hate mail because he's selling out Tony Parker. Uh, well, I mean, he doesn't even have to play anymore. He, he could go to France, uh, drink the wine, <laughs> live a long life. That's how the French live. That's right? how the French it, do it, man. Except for that whole, they, they elected the liberal guy over the the woman for president, right? I'm very disappointed in the French. Well, I'm, I'm glad that it's it, you're saying the liberal guy over the woman. She has a name. Yeah, Le Pen. Le Pen, right? Yeah. I just didn't want to botch her name. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard name for sure. I get it. Uh, it's it's almost pen. as hard as Grahal. <laughs> yeah, it's the Pen. Uh, yeah, Marie the Pen. Uh, I, so, I, for me, the Tony Parker injury. I, I I'm glad you took the view that you don't think it matters because I think it matters a lot. Um, I think. I mean, Tony Parker was a, was the offense. You know, kind of the offensive spark that they needed in not just this series, but in the playoffs, you know, he's shooting lights out from three. I mean, he's almost shooting 60, or he was almost shooting 60% from three. I mean, that's the third best three-point percentage in the playoffs. Um, You know, it's he was getting to the bucket when he needed to get the bucket. He had that little aggressiveness. You know, with LaMarcus Aldridge not really producing, I mean, you know, you have some some type of aberration there with, you know, that, that game three that he had where, you know, 20-something 20, 20 points, you know, solid game. But, you know, we looked at that solid game. It's like, oh, man, this is amazing. LaMarcus is back. And I looked at that and said, man, that is average, dude. Like, Ryan Anderson, if, if you can't outscore Ryan Anderson consistently, uh, and your name is LaMarcus Aldridge, it's a problem. 
And Tony Parker was was providing that extra little spark. And he's got the experience. He's comfortable taking those shots, which is something that you know you don't really see from Tony Parker, especially at this stage in his career. I thought he was getting a little gun shy, but in these playoffs, you know, he wasn't shy about taking those shots. Um, he's taking the shots that Manu won't take anymore. I just felt like he was a nice little bridge offensively. Now I totally agree with you. The youth movement is totally on because you know Tony Parker's going to be. Um, you know, hopefully not, not out, out forever, but you know, maybe he's, he's weighing some alternatives. You know, Manu is going to be gone. Uh, you know, this is me placing bets on, on when people are leaving. And I don't know that's always very uncomfortable, but you know, Manu's, uh, you know, his career's clearly on the back end. Like this is probably it. Um, you want to call him old. Yeah. I want he's old. He's old. Patty Mills is in a contract year. So you never really know. And he's playing great. And you never really know what's going to happen in, uh, to him in that situation. So this is like a DeJounte Murray show. Um, I would have loved to have DeJounte Murray play more in the regular season and, and kind of take that that third, you know, the, the third spot as far as the point guard goes into the playoffs and, and maybe be able to spell Tony Parker as a second string next year. Uh, but it looks like, I mean, DeJounte Murray's your guy, and he's been playing great uh, for him, right? So shakiness. I mean, when he was when he started um, the past couple of games, man, he's shaky. But you got to remember, you know, bringing the ball up and Tony Parker, you'd have confidence that Tony could bring the ball up, execute the offense. Um, you know, he's he's not going to have a lot of Tony Parker's not going to produce a lot of turnovers. Dejounte Murray, it's like in three series he produced two turnovers. Now you got to remember he's going up against you know the, the best defensive point guard I think uh, out there in Patrick Beverly. Um, so the DeJounte Murray sort of era, if you will, is here. And I really like what he's doing offensively, especially on the baseline. Talk about that in a game, well, game three and four, but especially game four with DeJounte Murray's game. I loved it. He's aggressive. Uh, he's long, you know, he has a, a long wingspan. So again, he could get those shots off like nothing really, uh, bait the defense into committing into a shot block. Uh, again, he brings a dimension that the Spurs did not have. You know, uh, if he can get, uh, if he can play somewhat like Parker did at this point of his career, uh, moving forward, I think he would be a big luxury for the Spurs, especially with that small contract. Uh, you know, he has the quickness. Uh, there's nothing holding him back. Like me, I'm I'm still at like 214, so I really can't move well. But there's nothing holding him back, you know. But I, at the same time, he gets hit hard. He foul. Uh, he falls. That's gonna hurt more than me. I have a bunch of flab protecting everywhere. So, uh, you know. I, I think he has the quickness that really translates into what the Spurs need right now. Uh, and again, it's a learning process. Like I said, I really didn't expect them to be championship caliber. If they can get by the Warriors, uh, I think Murray would help, especially with his long wingspan, if he can stay sort of uh, calmed down against guys like Steph Curry or Klay Thompson. Uh, but if the Spurs, you know, if the Spurs were to get by the Warriors, I think they win the championship. But uh, again, you know, with Murray, it's just going to be a learning process. If um, if he can be uh, still do what he does, especially against uh, teams with shot blockers like the Rockets, like, uh, you know, uh, well, really the Rockets, that's all that's left, right? Uh, I, I think he would uh, be a great asset to San Antonio. And again, it makes the free agency decision a little bit easier for San Antonio come July. Yeah, I think so. Um, talk a little bit, if you if you will, about LaMarcus Aldridge and some of the problems that, that he's he's getting himself into I feel like, you know, the high-low game that San Antonio has an opportunity to run, a la David Robinson, Tim Duncan, uh, it's there. I mean, and, and you've seen bits of that. LaMarcus is having one hell of a time executing. The, the fact that he can't back down, I mean, this is really, and this is making me kind of I mean, visibly upset sitting here in my living room because he can't back down. A guy like Ryan Anderson in the, on the in the post, that's I mean, come on, dude. Like I feel like Lamarcus Aldridge has just turned into some dude, um, which you know is a is a phrase that I apply to guys who are, are just there, right? They're not special, and I hate to say, I mean, he's 15 points a game in the playoffs, and this guy was the you know the bell of the ball a couple of, of off seasons ago. This was the guy who's supposed to you know, be the next Tim Duncan and carry the torch. And I got, it's, I've just looked at him this playoffs and just, man, I am so disappointed in that. And 
I, I don't know. I mean, the ball, it, he keeps getting a lot of touches, and he keeps making a lot of misses. Now, he's got some, you know, some range. And that, that I mean, it's his shot. It's his comfort zone, 12 feet out. But he's missing a bunch of those. He's not aggressive on the block. He's not aggressive on the boards. I mean, this, he's got two series here, especially with Nene gone now, where he could dominate. He, I mean, the, his position should be dominating. He's young enough. He's supposedly strong enough. He supposedly has all those post moves that we hear about. Um, there's nobody big in the middle anymore. He got super athleticism there in Clint Capella, and that's it with Nene gone. And then shoot the Spurs be fortunate enough to make it past the Rockets. Like, what, is Zaza keeping you up at night? You know, So LaMarcus Aldridge could go crazy in these playoffs uh, here on, from here on out. I, do you have any faith that he's actually going to come through on that? I, I don't necessarily have any faith in him. Uh, I, I'm losing faith. But at the same time, we got to remember, stats really don't matter in this situation in the sense of if the guy scores 30, I mean – you you'd probably be saying wow you know wow you know he's back or you know whatever it may be but the thing i look at is is he scoring all his points by like how you said being aggressive is he the one with the ball creating or is Kawhi creating for him because he needs to take the attention from the defense so Kawhi can you know really have that burden lifted from him it's really all Kawhi Kawhi is the spurs point shooting small mm-hmm. power you know everything he he's the first second and third option uh, and one thing that I saw in the uh, uh, in Game Four was just not smart basketball. There was a, a few times where James Harden was left on a big, uh, Pau Gasol or Lamarcus Aldridge, and they did not post that guy down right. for an easy point. Again, that's not smart basketball. It, it seems like this offense is so one dimensional, where Pop basically says, "Okay, you guys are going to pick and roll," and they just do it robotically. This is what we're going to do. And if, you know, and they sort of make up their mind on who they're going to go to. Again, this is not the Spurs that that we're used to, because even if it was Tim Duncan, you know, and Danny Green had an open shot or Bruce Bowen had had an open shot or uh, Speedy Claxton had some type type of advantage. (laughs) I'm that's far. That's how far I'm going back. Yeah. Duncan would again, you know, they would. really uh i want to say ad lib not ad lib but they would you know call an audible on it whatever it was the easier uh basket to score these guys don't do that you know it's sort of like they're just programmed to to play a certain way and i think that's what's going to doom them and i think that's why everybody's sort of shaky in that respect you saw danny green in game four he was extremely (laughs) shaky on every side of the ball you know on offense defense transition defense uh you know he was just you know all over the place so i think there's no calming presence there to sort of you know, uh, call an audible, you know, move the move the guys around, try to, you know, have that floor leader. I think Kawhi, he's their best player. But again, he needs to be that floor leader uh, to get on those guys. That's the only way I can see LaMarcus coming up huge in the playoffs and taking that if Kawhi sort of gets on him, if Kawhi gets on Powell, if Kawhi gets on Danny Green to ask for screens from the big men and get in motion, something like that. These guys are just so... Uh, robotic in the offense. It's one-dimensional. Kawhi gets a screen. He's either going to shoot it or he's going to drive it in. And that's my dog barking, and I apologize. I don't know if you can hear her. Oh, I can, uh, but, I can hear But, you know, I, I think that's really their problem. And I think that's that's something that even if they get a new squad next year, they need to get comfortable in that, you know, find the open shot. And I'm going to shut up now because I'm going to te- I'm gonna mute my mic so I can calm my little <laughs> princess down. Well, which is just an amazing visual to have is – is you calming like Mr. Like Mr. Bigglesworth from Austin Powers is calming down that little Chihuahua. Uh, so, Lamarcus Aldridge, if if you looked at his even last year's playoffs, and, and by the way, remember Spurs are ten games into these playoffs. This the tenth game is where it ended for them last year. So you know, as far as his tenure as a Spur, you know, Lamarcus Aldridge is now in uncharted territory. But if he was at twenty two points per game last year. Uh, and had a, a, an okay playoffs. You know he's at 15 points a game even now. So he has seven. The, the production has just fallen off. Um, you know pretty significantly. And just clear down the line, he's taking fewer shots, which you can sort of attribute to you know Kawhi. Uh, you know in, in his jump up in the offense, uh, he's shooting about the same percentage from the field. He's just. He, 
it's just this, I don't even know how else to say. It's just disappointed. Between you got Pau Gasol and you know a future Hall of Famer, you've got Lamarcus Aldridge, some dude, but he's tall, right? And he's supposed to be you know great, um, or, or at least very decent. Those guys should be getting every board, uh, especially with Nene out now, and he was out for that most of that game, right? So they had this opportunity to grab every board to post up every time. Like, Kawhi shouldn't have even had to take any shots because you could have just run it through LaMarcus Aldridge because he supposedly has such an advantage on the block. Now, he's got this habit. He and I have the same habit. The thing is, our, our paychecks are a little bit different. We both roll away from the basket. LaMarcus Aldridge is is doing nothing to get closer to the basket. He's like a one-touch, two like little power dribbles, and then he's doing this fadeaway thing, or he's rotating away. And for me, you know, it's like an overcorrection because during the regular season, we used to harp on this guy for rolling into the middle, uh, and, and this guy's rolling away or doing these little fadeaways, and he's missing them, and it's pissing me off because you know he's he is slow now running back on defense, and so when he misses that shot. You know, he's either complaining for a foul or he's not fast enough to get back on defense. And so, I mean, we, we kind of leave that there uh, because I, there's, there's no, there's no counter-argument to that. You did mention something that I did want to bring up, uh, and you beat me to it, and you kind of bl- brushed like past it. But, dude, Danny Green is now getting torched uh, by James Harden. He suddenly did now, and it's all about that transition defense. I mean, holy crap, dude. <laughs> Danny Green, what is happening to Danny Green? Because that you're never going to shut down James Harden, right? I'm not – you know, when he, he when he was like, what, 4 for 13 or uh, he had that really bad shooting game in game two, that's – I mean, that's James Harden missing shots. A little bit of the Spurs, but it's really James Harden. I saw last night at least three layups where James Harden took it coast to coast and Danny Green was just running behind him the whole way. What is going on with Danny Green and the wing defense for San Antonio? What's going on with your dog? Man, Anyways. I don't. I, there's one blind. I got one blind dog and one really fat dog. The fat dog. I don't I, know, where I know he how is. the fat dog feels. Yeah. I, I know. <laughs> I, I just try to hide out and so nobody could see me. Yeah. The blind um, dog is barking at the wall. Uh, <laughs> okay, it was Danny Green. Uh, I think one of the things that really got the Spurs into trouble was their the advantage that they thought they had in the uh, offensive boards, everybody sort of stayed back and that left, you know, sort of, it left the Spurs in a very weird situation where the bigs would be the last ones out there. Guys like James Harden would be trailing the play. So they, a big would be stuck on him. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they changed that. I I think they need to put Danny Green in a better position, sort of just keep him uh, on top of the key and try to uh, maybe keep another big on top of the key instead of the uh, the corner so you could sort of speed up that transition defense. Remember, that's what Pop used to do with Robert Ori. He would always have him at the top, you know, at the, on the wing or at the top of the key. Uh, so once the shot goes up, everybody's already back. Something I try to teach my teams also, by the way. I uh, so I, I think that'll help them. Uh, maybe he, Pop goes with a different lineup, so... Um, uh, again, so they don't have to, you know, try to offensive rebound so that everybody could just get back on defense. But yeah, I agree. I think the, I, I really think the pressure is getting on Green because Kawhi is doing really everything on on uh, offense. Where I think he feels sort of the pressure to, okay, now you got to guard him every possession. You can't, don't think about switching uh, Kawhi on Harden because really he has the better offensive cast to carry that series. So I think he wants to help out Kawhi in that way. Uh, but again, it's it's really it, it just turned bad. Uh, as former host Aaron Prine said, he you know as for everything good that he did in the regular season, this was just you know this sort of you know blotted everything out. You know the, the fact of how bad he was playing. So offensively. Well, I mean, we'll go offense and we'll talk defense. I mean, I don't want to be this this total just destruction of the Spurs because they missed a bunch of shots themselves, right? But I, I'm wondering where that new offense is going to come from, and yeah, I like the idea of exploiting uh, Houston with with size mismatches, and I'm thinking of how can we get David Lee? I mean, David Lee's not going to score a bunch of points, right? But he had two points in the last game, and then against Houston, yeah, cut him. <laughs> and, and you know, against Houston, he's got four points a game. Basically, the first three games had four points in the last game, uh, four points each, and then the last game he had two points. 
You, there's no reason why David Lee, especially with no Nene, because you're real, you're basically going to run Clint Capella ragged, or you're going to have Ryan Anderson in there. There's no reason why David Lee can't be, you know, a ten point a night guy now in this setup. Um, the reason why I, I say exploit them uh, with with bigs is because you have athletic guys like you know David Lee six ten. You you've got a <laughs> well Marcus Aldridge I guess. Um, and those are he's some, a very athletic five. If you put him at the five, he's athletic. At the four, not really. At, yeah, at the four, not at all, and just seems slow. But you know, he looks like the Flash when he's running up and down the court next to Pau Gasol, right? So Pau, you know, while they gave him a boost by starting, you know, Pau, uh, dude, might even though he's doing a lot of good, good uh, tip backs and you know, very intelligent as far as you know passing the ball. I wouldn't mind seeing some Dwayne Dedman, man. I, I don't know. What do you think about that? Because just athleticism to athleticism, he's the most athletic guy they've got. Is he, is he like so far beneath Clint Capella that he couldn't hang with Capella for a while, for, you know, for 10, 15 minutes a game? Well, first I'd like to know why he's not getting minutes. And right. again, that's a coaching thing that the Spurs tend to keep that stuff to themselves. I mean, he he got sick, right? And then he just lost his spot from we know from the the little information that the Spurs, you know, right. let leak out. So I I don't know about that. I will completely disagree with you with why the not? uh really with the uh with your scheme of, you know, trying to get David Lee minutes and really you're you're saying David Lee and LaMarcus Aldridge starting, right? Well, I'm just I, no, I don't even care who starts. It, to me, that doesn't really matter because Houston is changing their line. They have so many shooters and they keep rotating their line and now you just have one big guy. So, and they're starting Anderson and Capella together. So it do, I don't really even care who's who's starting. I just sig- more significant minutes from a guy like David Lee to run the court, run the floor, make their four or five run the floor, and then bring in a guy like Deadman at the five so that you could keep the rotation with Aldridge at four. You know what I'm saying? Like Aldridge and Lee switching off, but but give David Lee a, a bigger bulk of minutes than he's getting right now, and then get Deadman on the court for something, anything. You know, to wear I mean, it, even if you just use them for fouls, dude, you got five fouls where he could just beat somebody up, and they're not doing that. We don't condone we don't condone violence on this radio show, bro. <laughs> it just seems like no, a but... waste. I mean, it just seems like a waste. Like he's athletic, you put him in there, and I mean, just because Houston goes small doesn't mean that you can't just go uber big and just go beat Houston up in the public. I think. I think you can't, you cannot do that just because they're looking to run. Uh, somebody's always streaking back. What I would do is, uh, if they start Capella, then you have a guy that can't shoot, and that's really to your advantage if you're the Spurs. So I would just go small, put Aldridge at the five, Kawhi at the four. Now Capella is going to be a liability because he's the only guy who can't shoot. You could keep Lamarcus protecting the paint. Now who's gonna who's gonna guard Kawhi? Ryan Anderson. Or is it going to be Capella? Or is it going to be James Harden? I mean, really, now the Spurs going small is going to be a huge advantage if they have those shooters. And if you say a little prayer and they make that basket even better. But I think you need to give the Spurs an advantage against this lineup. Going big, I don't really think you can just because, I mean, if everybody streaks back, you're going to have a guy who can shoot at the three-point line. And once the Spurs big guy recovers, he could just drive it in the paint, you know, if, if they're caught flat-footed. So th- that's a, what I would do. Maybe change up the defense. I don't, uh, with Capella in there, it's not that hard because, again, you have you have somebody who can't shoot. You could just, you know, play, uh, go over the screens or, yeah, you would have to go over the screens to kill the three uh, and, and really try to recover in time for, you know, a little dump-down pass or whatever Harden may throw. Uh, or maybe just change the defense. Uh, you know, I, I've, th- that's one thing that's bugged me. How do you stop this Rockets offense? Uh, I think Pop needs to think outside the box. He has, you know, he, I think he has a deep bench. They're not as talented as they're used to, uh, especially with Tim Duncan gone uh, and Boban, obviously, for the Boban lovers out there or Baines. <laughs> but, you know, they're not as talented as what we're used to seeing from the Spurs. But, I, again, like you said, they have extra bodies there. Right. Uh, so I, I think he needs to think outside the box because uh, pushing them to the help, uh, pushing them baseline and really trying to trap them, it doesn't really work if the five is a shooter, a three-point shooter. Uh, and, and I think that's what got them in trouble because, again, th- that big has to now come back out 
and he has to try to recover on that shooter, and it just is not going to happen. It doesn't matter who it is. If it's Ryan Anderson, he's going to have a clear shot. So I think Pop needs to think outside the box, maybe a full-court press to try to get the ball out of Harden's hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, you know, so, sort of a triangle press, a full-court press. Uh, that way, then you could use more players. Uh, they'll get a little bit more tired, but of course, as long as you could take the Rockets out of the rhythm, maybe a zone defense. I know that's really uh, not common <laughs> you, in the you NBA. You brought that up. You brought that up, like a like a one three one or something. Like I can't remember what you were calling out, but I remember you talking zone in the last <laughs> podcast. Well, uh, last year they practiced zone. That, that, that's what I was telling Paul. You know, I tweeted Paul from the Spurs cast uh, Twitter handle uh, why they haven't you know done the one three one and they practiced it. I think it was against Golden State uh, last season or it was during um, uh, before the season in. Uh, uh, what are the games? Preseason. There you go. Mm-hmm. Big words. Confuse me. <laughs> well, but, you know, maybe a 3-2 would help. I mean, if Capella can't shoot, then you would pressure Harden in a 3-2 to give up the ball, try to, you know, pass it over two guys. And, again, you have two bigs. And if Capella's there, you really don't have those shooters. So somebody could play off of him, especially if he's in the corner or around, you know, the middle. I, I, I don't think – I think the traffic would be so much that Harden would not be comfortable, especially if you have Kawhi in the middle. So I think he needs to just think outside the box. If they go with the same defense, I think you're going to see the same results. People don't give D'Antoni credit, but having that five as a three-point shooter is a great coaching move. It's not something he tried in Phoenix, nor he could have had in Phoenix because Amari didn't shoot. Boris wasn't really a three-point shooter back then, mm-hmm. uh, as consistent as he well, is now. He so wasn't I, even I, a five back then right so yeah he was remember Amari went down he played the five the point center and Marion was the four I, I you know what I don't keep up with Phoenix Suns basketball the way that you do sorry that's why we don't learn things Ryan I know, you, you, you got to watch everything bro well let, let watch me ask, them. teach me about this then because if they go small and you think athleticism we've got a challenge as, as far as the, the Spurs do on defense they James Harden is sneaky big right and he doesn't play that way all the time, but when he does and uses that body effectively, he's tough because he's he's a big dude. You know, he's way bigger than our our point or the point guards for the Spurs. What do you think of a guy? We haven't really talked about him on this on this show on this radio show. Uh, what do you think about giving Jonathan Simmons some more run and putting him on James Harden defensively? You know, he he was the game leader last game, seventeen points in the game. Um, you know, per 36, he's scoring 18 points a game in the playoffs. So what about Jonathan Simmons? Is he the answer to this? I don't think so. When he first uh, came into the league from uh, the Austin, what they used to be the Austin Toros at that time, right? The, now the name. Austin Spurs. Great name, uh, Austin Toros. I, I, I saw him as a defensive guy. I really did. And, it, you know, after that summer league uh, where, uh, you know, him and Kyle Anderson just dominated everybody else with uh, Becky Hammond as the head coach, mm-hmm. uh, I, I really think he's turned his focus into the offensive end, uh, really trying to dunk it over guys, trying to be aggressive. I, I think his defense has kind of slipped ever since then. So I would say no. Uh, I think you just keep a guy like Danny Green or Kawhi or Patty. Um and just try to stay near him. I think they just have to keep their hands up uh, and contest. Sort of like, uh, you know, sort of, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it, like, sort of like you're dancing with yourself with your hand, your right hand up and your left hand around, you know, wherever you want to keep it, it doesn't matter. But I, I, I really think they what just. What are you uh, talking about? I, I, they just need to contest him. <laughs> I, I don't think Simmons is the answer on the defensive end. Uh, on the offensive end, I think so, because again, if he can drive it in and he has those shooters, Kawhi's going to be open. Now that you don't, you don't have Nene, I think really, even though Nene wasn't a shot blocker, you don't really want to try to drive into him because he's a big boy. He's a He has a big body. Well, he's gone uh, so, now, so it, it yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I think you'll have an open floor to create since he's not really a shooter. It'll take the pressure off of Kawhi. But on the defensive end, he's too shaky for me. And by the way, before you even bring it up, less of Kyle Anderson. He looks extremely slow. Powell looks like a rabbit, you know, and he looks like the turtle, uh, you know, in a race. And it's... You know, it's just a forty-eight minute game, so we don't have we don't have the patience that that they had in that story. Yeah, the Spurs look um, just outmatched uh, defensively. I mean, the, the, and the Rockets have been doing this to everybody all year long, right? Um, they're a good team. They have a ton of shooters. Lou Williams is is doing great. I mean, he's a twelve point a night guy. Um, you combine him with Eric Gordon, who went crazy. Uh, you know, this is another you know the last game, but he's a twelve point a night guy. Um, 
they're pretty solid. The guy for the Rockets that have been stepping up, that has been stepping up, and and I kind of want to get your perspective because I I feel like I've I haven't figured it out, but I have a leaning here, dude. What do you do about Trevor Ariza, who is playing ball the way that Danny Green is supposed to be playing ball, Ding up to keep with the same with the same strategy just stretch the floor and see what the spurs do if the sh- if if the shots go in then they're gonna win i mean that's what they're really relying on and again that's the same thing with the spurs the spurs are a three-point shooting team they live and die by the three that's no different than what the rockets do but if the rockets go small those shots need to go uh, they need to go in and also for them to win they need the spurs to play man and that usual spurs defense because if they do that and they have a shooter at the five there's no way San Antonio can counter that unless again like i said they bait them into a mismatch yeah for for me on the the spurs side and i want to get your perspective there too i i, I still think the the key to the game is to exploit mismatches with their bigs. I, I think that you're you're going to have to have a significant run with Lamarcus as the five, athletic five, uh, and I think you have to supplement that with another athletic four. And that four can't be. I mean, you can't just switch and have Powell be the four and just you know play that. Although Powell is, is doing great off on the offensive glass, is doing wonderful there. I think you have to supplement Lamarcus with a guy like David Lee or Deadman. And you ha- just have to go uber big. I know you and I don't agree with that w- on that one, but I think you have to exploit because you can't go. You just can't man up against Houston. You don't have that third um, player that can you know, play out there on the wing and be a constant defensive threat. And when Danny Green is faltering, then you really are down to just one. So you you just have to start exploiting mismatches uh, and and go big. I think that's the key to how the Spurs. Uh, take game five. What do you think? Well, let, let me ask you this question. Let's say they go with my advice because, you know, Pop listens to this radio show. Of course. Let's let's say he goes small with Kawhi at the four and Aldridge at the five. If you're Dan Tony, how the heck do you counter that? Well, Seriously, I mean, think about it. How, how would you counter that? If you had Kawhi at the four? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you play him heads up against Ariza like you have been. Right. Okay. Then you pick and roll against them. Right. Well. Okay. And, and but it's the other way too. That's what I'm saying. Like they play both sides of the court, right? So I mean, you're so it's Capella and Lamarcus just heads up. What I mean, I, I guess I don't understand the question because that's what's been going on. No. Well, no, because before again, when you have two slower bigs, I mean, it's easier to really help. Uh, against those guys, they're not going to drive in on you. But if you have the the really the point forward. Up top, or the power point. What do they call point forward, right? Point forward, Anyways, yeah. yeah, the four up top. Pippin position. And, and initiating the defense, and then you have Lamarcus picking, picking and popping, picking and rolling with him. D'Antoni has to do something, but he can't do anything. You know, because where's Capella going to be in the paint? So it's going to be a two-on-one offense. Kawhi can – I really think Kawhi can easily drive in on Capella, pump fake, and oh, try sure, to get yeah. him into foul trouble. Yeah. Uh, again, there's really no way D'Antoni can counter that. I think in that scheme, the Spurs can rotate easier. Uh, if Capella can't shoot, again, just uh, leave LaMarcus in the paint and help out in that usual Spurs defense. If they go with Anderson at the five and five shooters, again – that's not a defensive lineup that's going to be the Spurs will tear them apart either in the paint or shooting uh so I think they would trade baskets but San Antonio's offense is more versatile uh because again they can post up Aldridge or you you could even put Gasol at the five at that point uh against say prayers but uh, you know with the Kawhi at the four uh Pau at the five they would still have that problem Pau can back down those guys uh, if Pau, if Powell backs down those guys and he can successfully uh, score over them, because again they can't help with all those shooters that San Antonio would have, four guys would be getting back. So there would be a greater uh, transition defense in that. The slower guy would be in the paint, but I think they would recover easier. I think it's in. There is again, there is no way that D'Antoni can counter that. It's just about Pop's comfort level about really playing Kawhi at the four, going small, and really running with that lineup because you could sub in Ginobili. Uh, uh, 
you know, for one of those guys, uh, DeJounte Murray for one or two of those guys. But it's really going to be a lineup that you have to go with. You're not, you wouldn't see David Lee in that lineup. Maybe Jonathan Simmons at the four and again, say a prayer. But again, you know, he would be a guy that could take it in aggressively in the paint. Uh, but that's really the, I think, the only way San Antonio can win this series. If you go small, you attack, you're aggressive. Uh, the defense, like how you're saying, it wouldn't be that great. But I think it would be enough defense to stop them and a lot more offense that the Rockets can handle. So prediction then for, for game five. Well, I'll predict the series. Are, are we going to record before that so I could predict the series? Or well, just, just game five? Just, just uh, well, I mean, do whatever you want to do, man. This is a radio show. This is my show, right? This is your show. This is your radio show. I even though it's recorded uh, and played later, uh, it sounds a lot like a podcast, but it's not. It's a radio show. Exactly, Uh, because we're on uh, what is it? Dash Radio, radio. or we we all we you know uh, the whole network, right? That whole. uh, uh, Almighty Ballers. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna call it the A Team because you know he has the logos. Um, I, I think if they go small like I might want, they would win two in a row, uh, and then they would have to gear up for Golden State. I don't think Pop will do that as much as I would like him to do it. As long as long as I would, as much as I would want him to be open minded and trying it, I don't think he will because he'll find some loyalty to Gasol because he's a right. veteran to play him a lot and Aldridge to play them together. He's gonna get enamored with your uh, type of uh, scheme to have big guys there and try to offensive rebound. Uh, in that instance, uh, I really think they drop two. And there would be some questions for San Antonio's future in that. Like I said, they're in a better position than they were uh, cap-wise uh, if, if it plays out like how I hope it plays out. Uh, but again, you know, unless Pop really he, – he can neutralize the league with how they play. I think he, I think the Spurs can play like Golden State in that death ball type of lineup. It's just that he I, I don't think Pop is too comfortable because it's not something that he that's been in his philosophy and right. his mentality for all these years. He always had a Tim Duncan and a Rosho, Tim Duncan, Kurt Thomas, Tim Duncan, Tiago Splitter, uh, Tim Duncan, Baines, Tim Duncan, Boban. You know, he always had that the, those type of lineups. So uh, I, I don't think he will adjust. I think. Uh, they'll go down with that philosophy. And again, there's nothing wrong with that because as a coach, you try to trust what you really feel in your gut. But I, I again, I think he'll stick with his gut. I think they'll lose two in a row. And uh, then we'll be discussing uh, – what's, what's his name? It's LeVar's the dad. LaMelo's <laughs> the youngest Lonzo one. Ball. Lonzo, yeah. Did well, you see those shoes? I have not. I've been looking not very aggressively online to see them because you know you're not a big baller unless you're buying $500 shoes for a, a college kid. Uh, you know what we could do? Let's go have these. I get the right shoe though. <laughs> okay. And then when we have enough, when we, when we have enough from the advertisers, we'll just get the other shoe. Excellent. <laughs> Wait, well played, sir. <laughs> well played. Well, I, I, I agree with you on those fronts. I, I think that except for the, for the, the two losses there, I think that, um, Popovich is going to listen to this radio show and he's going to listen to the words that I said and he's going to do exactly that. I think you're going to get a lot more rotation. Unfortunately, that means Kyle Anderson getting some more play. Uh, But I think you're going to see some more rotation with his bigs. I think that Powell is going to have a restricted diet, even though he's basically keeping him in it offensively on the glass. Um, I, I think you're going to see rotation with more athleticism, more David Lee. I'd love to see Deadman. I don't know if he gets there. I think it's LaMarcus at the five. David Lee playing a lot of ball there. I think you'll have um, Simmons come in at the four before you really see Kawhi doing that too much. Um, and, and I think that they, the next game, I think that they win. I think they win that next game. I think they drop the next game. And I, I don't know what happens going into a game seven that's just very uncomfortable but I think that Houston is going to get a steady diet of big basketball and for the reasons that you said I mean that's the bread and butter that's gotten pop five titles um the, the player the caliber of the player is significantly different um than in years past at, at the four um but at the, and the five uh well I mean is it is it really I mean, would you rather have Powell now at this point in his career than uh, than an Aaron Baines? No. What you'd rather? I'd have rather Aaron, have 
Aaron Baines. I'd rather have Dallas. NBA champion Aaron Baines or or not not really Boban. I'd, I'd rather have no, Splitter. No, not Boban. Oh, you I'd, know who I'd, I'd rather I'd have? I'd way rather have Splitter for sure. I'd rather have Boris Diaw in there right now. No doubt I'd about rather, it. I'd rather have Rosho Nesterovich and his sister and their children. And their children. Per <laughs> Wikipedia page. <laughs> I agree with you. No, you. So you, so, I mean, pal. I agree. I mean, Powell, he's just going to get destroyed if they make it to Golden State. I mean, I hate to say it's all gloom and doom, but, I mean, that's that's a recipe for disaster. And I know that it's it's a, Zaza's there, but I don't know what he's doing. He's just running up and down the court, taking up space, because you have to have a, a five, right? Uh, that's, the only, that's the only reason they don't go four against five uh, up there. But, I mean, in this series, though, just the height. I mean, offensively, on the glass, he's doing great. I think he has like the. Th- I think I saw the stat. He's got the third or fourth most offensive rebounds in total in the playoffs. Who? Pow. Oh well. I think he's got like twenty-five or thirty re- offensive rebounds. I mean, that's pretty amazing for for that dude. I mean, he he's timing it right, but he's just not quick enough. Um, he's not quick enough against these Rockets. He won't be quick enough against the Warriors. I think the next two games uh, they split. Uh, but I think Houston wins, or Houston. I think that San Antonio wins uh, and goes up three games to two. But but you run. know you, you know what I mean. You brought up offensive rebounding. The the, the really uh, silver lining with offensive rebounding is that it's not really a good stat in my opinion because that means that all, your shooters are missing a lot of shots. Right. So you have so you have that offensive rebound uh, opportunity. That's why the Spurs have not been an offensive rebounding team because they've really made their shots and they've always decided to go back on defense. Uh, so I hope they go small. If they go small, uh, I want you to, you know, just to congratulate me on the next pod because um, what's that? What do you mean pod? When, what? Oh, uh, on the radio show. Oh, on the sorry. radio show. Gotcha. Whatever the heck a podcast I, is. I, I will. I will. Okay. Uh, anything else before we we close out? Yeah, I love all my players and all the teams that I coach, <laughs> and I, they're all my babies. You know, I See, got seriously. It. Seriously, uh, they, they, I, I've, the only reason I do this, and I know it's taken up some of my podcast time, it's taken up a lot of my, you know, I used to write for Project Spurs, really, and nowadays I'm just, you know, in front of a microphone. You're the star. Uh, but, you know, I, even though I get tired of migraines from those kids, they, the majority of those kids, you know, look at me like a mentor and like a role model, so I really appreciate oh it. That's God. why I keep doing it. Uh, the youth, I'm, you know... I you know one day I just want you know when when my kids win an NBA championship when they all get together and you know make a super team like the Heat did a few years back right uh, just so they could thank me you know have me on stage give me the trophy you're gonna hoist me own, on their shoulders you're gonna have uh, your all of your little kids are gonna be big baller brand affiliates yeah that's crazy they can huh? wear velvet jumpsuits and five hundred dollar shoes uh, I'll just wait until they're on discount in Marsh on uh, Marshalls. <laughs> For twenty nine ninety nine. I picked these up at at uh, the Goodwill. Very nice, very nice. Big. You know what? That's exactly where those things are going someday. They paid me to get them, right? The, right. That, that's going to be the. Um... All right. Well, let's uh, let's close this out so we can start cashing our checks. That's it for this episode of the Spurs Cast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Spurs Cast. Catch up with Jose at JRG ten twenty three. Me, I'm at Ryan MC underscore PS. Of course. Follow us or follow any of the Project Spurs folks at Project Spurs. Head on over to ProjectSpurs.com for full coverage of the playoffs. And, of course, we talked about uh, post-game articles and and content that are out there on ProjectSpurs.com, so make sure to go do that. Jose, thank you, sir. And to you listeners, you are welcome.